have you ever played uh, any World of Darkness games? Yes, not that many though. Okay. I think I think just just like a small handful of sessions. Mm-hmm. How about um, uh, actually? I don't know if all fate. I don't know if all fate systems do this. Uh, World of Darkness. And or at least uh, World Darkness, the uh, Changeling. I think Vampire probably does this too. Um, but um, Changeling: The Lost is probably my favorite World of Darkness line. Um, and the one of the major things in Changeling: The Lost is that it is set in the modern world uh, usually, and you are part of the um, secret, you know, like society of of the Fey. Um, and in this case, like changelings or like humans who've gone to Arcadia and come back with like, um, some kind of fate, um, like bodies and like powers and stuff like that. And the culture that they have is largely built around like these like different courts and they're like based a lot on the location and stuff. And the rule book for the stories will for for the for the line will will often encourage people to think about like where this story is set and do research on this background of that setting like uh, and then like find historical elements in this in the setting and then translate them into like how your like how the, how the changeling culture like reacted to that event like what ripples it had through the supernatural community. Like what, what if maybe it has a supernatural like cause in the first place. And like, you know, most humans aren't aware of obviously. Um, and ways in which you can like find inspiration for stories and characters through the history of this, of the setting that you're in. Um, hmm. fate, uh, for, for the Dresden files, this is actually done much more explicitly. Like part of the, part of the character creation process story creation process is actually not just character creation, but setting creation, uh, where you will find like locations in your setting and be like, this is where the, um, local, like white court of the vampire, like home base is. And like, this is where the portal to summer, summer court for the Fae is. And like, uh, this is where the, you know, the resident like wardens for the wizards, like lives and like all this different stuff. And you like make characters for it and that kind of thing. Uh, and this also like will encourage you to do this kind of, um, like, history research or setting research to give you ideas for characters and stories. Um, I was wondering if you've run any campaigns where you've, where you've done things like that for, for tabletop gaming. Um, and if it's been anything that's been useful for, for doing it for stories too. Um, yeah. So I did, um, Magus Europa was a D and D setting, mm-hmm. um, which takes place in 1713. And it like is sort of a D and D conversion of the actual, um, of the actual like year seventeen thirteen, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of research on that. It's my favorite year. It's the end of the War of Spanish Succession, um, which uh, <laughs> so one of the one of my favorite things about the War of Spanish Succession <laughs> is that after it ended, uh, they all of these, like the the navy was like really, the navies involved were, were very big, mm-hmm. right? Um, just very big navies, and it wasn't like in the modern day where you had these, um, 
standing armies, right? So the War of Spanish Succession ended, and you had all these ships and all these trained sailors and killers, and they suddenly had, like, nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And so it began the Age of Piracy, like, immediately following the War of Spanish Succession, because the, all you had all these trained uh, mm-hmm. sailors who basically weren't being paid anymore, so yeah. they all turned to piracy. Um, and some of them were, you know, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, they'd like the letters of Marquis, or, or, where they were sort of allowed to go out and raid under the flag of a crown in the first place. So they're already kind of pirates. Um, but there's like uh, so many like uh, historical details that you can find that can be turned towards sort of recontextualized. It's the Assassin's Creed thing, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've done quite a bit of that. Find it super fun. Um, a lot of, a lot of research is just looking at historical documents. I have actually, um, sitting behind me, I bought a, uh, model builders reference guide for a ship. Um, it's just like, it goes into the history of this one specific schooner that was used, like, between the, the these, this, like, in this 20 year span. Mm-hmm. And I used that for making a, um, it is the reference ship that, uh, I used, I basically always use for, um, Tabletop games, if I need a ship, because I know it super well, uh-huh. and it can be crewed by, a, like, a small party of people. Right. Um, and I know it very well, because I've read this whole book about, like, the specifics of, like, specific names for things are, are easier for me to reference. Um, it's also the reference ship that um, was used in Shadows of the, of the Limelight, the uh, the Zenith. Mm-hmm. It's it's that specific ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I look at a lot of the stuff that history nerds like uh, to to like get the reference stuff. But uh, the recontextualizing thing, um, it sort of just takes reading a fair amount of history, I guess. Um, the Ask Historians subreddit is is good for it's good for asking questions if they get popular enough that anyone will answer them. Um, but it's also good to search through if you have questions about a specific time period or you just want to read specifically about a, a time period. Because a good historian will, when they're telling you about something, they'll introduce a lot of outside concepts that are sort of related to the main mm-hmm. question, right? They'll they'll tell you a lot of, about what was going on politically and socially at the time that sort of gets woven into that that you can use to build your sort of counterfactual picture of things, right. I guess. But yeah, I've got a I've got a, a wiki set up that's sort of for for Magus Europa that sort of tried to touch on every single thing that relates to that specific time period, right? Mm. So like you, slavery is like a big thing that you needs to be either recontextualized or like touched on because you can't just say oh 1713 and we're just not gonna talk about the slave trade, right? Right. Um, I don't know. That's, that's sort of the difficult thing about history is that there's so much of it and it's, there's so many like different pieces and so much it's, especially if you go outside of, um, like just Europe, right? There's like just individual stuff that's happening in all corners of the world. Um, 
that you have to touch on. Yeah. I, I would probably write historical fiction exclusively if I had the patience for the research, but I, I don't. When you say historical <laughs> fiction, you mean, um, like, for lack of a better word, mundane historical fiction, or do you mean, like, alternate fiction with, like, magic and stuff? Probably alternate fiction, because mm-hmm. I like my magic too much to give it up, but... Yeah. Have you have you read the Temeraire series? I have not. Oh my god, you got to read Temeraire, man. Okay. The first the first book is um, His Majesty's Dragon. Um, do you know the Do you know the setting? Conceit. No. Nope. It, it's it's um. It's Napoleonic Wars, um, except they're dragons. And <laughs> so, like, the Britain and and France have like uh, not just like obviously like a navy, but they have an air force. And the Air Force are dragons. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the basic, the basic, um, like, first few chapters, spoiler, is that the, uh, protagonist is a, uh, ship captain who, um, captures an enemy vessel. And, uh, the enemy vessel has a, uh, dragon egg on it that it was transporting to France. And, uh, the egg hatches on board and imprints on, on the ship captain. So, like, when he gets to, uh, to port, basically, like, you know, the government's like, all right, well, I mean, dragon riders are too rare to, to give up. Like, you're, you're not, a, you're not a Navy captain anymore. You have to join the Air Force. Um, and it does such a good job of, like, incorporating dragons into history, uh, that, like, you know, the first book is, is just set in Britain and, like, it's, you know, dealing with the war. Um, but every book afterward, I'm pretty sure, I, th- I think every single book afterward, they travel to, like, a different, culture and country in some in some way uh and like every cult- culture has a different relationship with its dragons it's really fascinating mm. um and yeah it touches on like you know slavery and like gender stuff and like all the different stuff in like really interesting ways like how how um like the main character is very much a man of his time and and place and setting um but but the dragon's not like the dragon's like you know like a new a new being who's like learning about the world like as it goes, so it has different um, perspectives on things. It's really good. Yeah, I'll have to check check that out. Yeah, um, it's probably my favorite piece of, of historical fiction. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do I do like my historical fiction to be mixed with magic. And, yeah, <laughs> and other stuff. But historical fantasy that's probably the better way to put it. It's well historical fantasy. Yeah. I, I guess I just like, I like the grounding of the real world that you tend to get in historical fantasy. Mm-hmm. Right? Cause that you don't always get in regular fantasy because it's sort of, is not necessary for someone to think everything through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's not in historical fantasy in general. It's not necessary, but uh, a lot of people who write historical fantasy sort of have a love of reality that I, that, that appeals to me. Right.